Hi everybody, Autumn coming at you from the editing room. Um, so we recorded Gotham last Friday, and then I had some uh, busy week with my day job, and that sort of took precedent. And so I never had a chance to edit and upload the last episode that we did, and then we recorded again this Friday past. And so uh, you get a double episode out of it. Um, I know normally we miss weeks, but we're trying to <laughs> um, we're trying to buckle down and make this weekly as we finish out the last six weeks of Batman the Animated Series. Very excited to be getting close to the end there. And uh, yeah, uh, you're about to hear the intro music and uh, enjoy the episodes. Never leave the cave without it. I'll be there with the hammers of justice. You make the mistake, I will fucking kill you. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do. Let's dance, Bozo. Hello, and welcome to Gotham City Limits, your premier podcast for all things Batman. He is Vengeance, he is the Knight, I'm Em, and that's Autumn. Hello! You're back. I'm back. I feel like we haven't done this in months, even though I, I did think this two weeks ago. Just you weren't here. Yeah, but I feel like has it been a is it actually been a month since we've done this? Since you and me have done I this? I think I think it probably has been a month. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched any Batman in the month except for I watched Harley Quinn, the the Valentine's Good. Day special, and then I watched. Not only did I watch the two episodes for today, I watched the two episodes that I missed last time, so... Okay, well, <laughs> let's go in order of importance. What are your feelings <laughs> on Avatar and House of Garden? Stupid and stupid. <laughs> oh, they're so bad. House of Garden is just truly maybe the worst episode of the show in terms of, like, things to, that I care about. Yeah, at least Avatar has, like, me personally, I like Indiana Jones movies, and I think that that episode was well animated. I don't think it's like a good Indiana Jones knockoff, but like, uh, it it was at least functional in a way that like House of Garden is like, wh- or House and Garden is like, what are we fucking doing here? Like, what is the point of any of this? What is like, oh, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, that's good. We're caught up. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad that after that I got to watch uh, Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special, which is the uh, thing that aired February 9th of this year on HBO Max. Uh, it was fucking delightful. They finally animated the show again. <laughs> yes, they There's had the money to animate frames. the show. <laughs> um, but also, like, House and Garden just, like, is such a concerted effort to represent, to just make Poison Ivy, like, the worst tropes of, like, guys riding women. Oh, she can't have kids. She's turned her into a real monster, uh, carrying her grief bullshit. Um, and it's miserable. And Harley Quinn, the Valentine's Day special is just, like, glorious and stupid and reminds you of why you like all these characters, uh, even though it is, like, exceptionally juvenile, even for the standards of this show, which yes. loves to be juvenile. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, just, <laughs> just like the moment we get to uh, Clayface is making out with his own asshole, um, or specifically not making out with his own asshole. <laughs> yeah, he would love to, but unfortunately, if he if he if he touched himself, he would turn back into one being. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid ass show! It's so good. I love it so much. um yeah i i liked that um in particular like this is the same arc that we've seen like um harley and ivy do a couple times now where you know harley is over enthusiastic and um ivy would like to just stay home watch a movie and have sex later um like they've done this a couple times but it still feels like 
it still feels like they're working through stuff in the relationship. It doesn't feel like we're just spinning wheels. Um, it was good. And then also, it's exceptionally juvenile. <laughs> yes. It is about uh, Etrigan making love potion that goes horribly wrong and makes everyone in Gotham want to fuck. And <laughs> unfortunately, it's right as Bane's using another spell from Etrigan to make his dick bigger. And it, uh, because he uses HDH, uh, it makes him like 50 feet tall. And so it's just like an incredibly horny Bane fucking buildings to death. <laughs> Who is the actor he's trying to fuck through the whole thing? I don't remember now. Uh, um, it is uh, Brett Goldstein from uh, from that fucking show. Um, um, I found uh, Ted him Lasso. Here. Ted yes. Lasso. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Played by himself. Just game for this, I guess. So good for him. <laughs> If if I were a celebrity and I got a call from this show and I was like, you want me to do what? You know what? Sure. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I was also delighted because I didn't notice when I hit play on it that it was 45 minutes. And so I got to like, I got to like what I felt like was like, oh, damn, we just blew past the 20 minute mark. And like, there's no sign of this stopping, huh? <laughs> so it was a. Nice little treat to get a double length episode. Um, uh, yeah, I don't have like a ton to say about it. It's just a, it's one of the best episodes of uh, season three, uh, in part because uh, they animated it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's also just like really sweet. Like there's like little little interstitials of all of the couples of the DC universe, like doing like confessionals to camera. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a great one. I really love that Superman can't remember how he and Lois met at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just genuinely no idea. <laughs> um, and uh, I love the, the Hawk Girl Hawkman one uh, where they just talk about the horrible, weird, like. <laughs> the, the the backstory of Hawkman and Hawkgirl where they're fated to be together regardless of all of their horrible deaths and also half of them take place in like exotic uh, place old history where uh, he like basically like forces her to be his bride over and over again. Yeah, um, it's it's really something because like um, I feel like this is also um, this is like more dramatic, but it's like this is a point of contention that also shows up in Legends of Tomorrow. So across across multiple iterations of the DC universe, everyone's recognized that the whole Hawk Hawkman Hawk Girl thing it's it's just fucked. You can't you can't fix it. Um, I do like this yes. this version this show's version of um, yeah yeah this just sucks. And um, these aren't like actual characters in the show, so you're just going to get a real glimpse into or a quick glimpse into how this sucks. And uh, we're moving on. Um, also, got they got the man. Fight. They got the fucking man to play Dark Side. <laughs> oh yeah, brought him back. Uh, love, love a good Michael Ironside Dark Side. He does not sound like he did back in the Justice League days, but it's fine. It's fine. no. I thought it was someone doing a Michael Ironside impression, but it's okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I love the bit where uh, Harley wants to get the Last of Truth from Wonder Woman. To convince Ivy to, to to force Ivy to tell her what like if she actually thought this was the best Valentine's Day ever, which clearly she did not. She thought it was fine, but she really was kind of annoyed that they she was drug all over the city for a bunch of hokey bullshit because mm. um, that's who she is. Um, and she she bought a cameo of Hippolyta uh, to <laughs> get Wonder Woman to leave to go back to Themyscira. <laughs> is this the first time we've seen Wonder Woman in this show? I don't. I don't think we've seen her before because this this iteration of uh okay Wonder Woman. she's in she's in she's in other s- episodes okay she's in she's in a couple of episodes of season one she's mostly just like a like a you know she shows up for a second i a i have a beach King house in, in idaho to sell this wonder don't. woman like <laughs> what i have a beach house in idaho to sell this wonder woman she is the most gullible oh, yes. motherfucker <laughs> uh, i love it i love that for her <laughs> She's great. This is not this is not you and Ambassador Wonder Woman. No, not one bit. <laughs> um but yeah, it's good that a bunch of like also the main thing here, this is the Bane, uh this is the Bane show. This this episode exists to make Bane cool. Uh mm-hmm. and by that I mean make him the least cool possible, and I love that for him. I love this version <laughs> of Bane anyway, and I love watching him have the worst Valentine's Day ever. <laughs> so fucking good dude also he finds love good for him you know 
Yes. I, I, I love that, um, you know, this show finally does one nice thing for this character after just relentlessly shitting on him for three seasons. They, they were going to give him this yes. one thing. Uh, uh, I cannot wait to see how he fucks it up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the whole reveal that, like, Ivy's favorite Valentine's Day was when Harleen Quinzel was, like, nice to her in Arkham was very good. Yeah, it was, a, it was like a little cornball, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I I like the way in which Ivy in the show is cornball because she's like she's like very. She's very aware that she's can be cringe and hates the, that fact and always hides it. But yes, uh, whenever she reveals it, it's good. She's just like a nice she's got real big like Gen Xer vibes to me, tries to be cool. Absolutely. And everything. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that about her. <laughs> The one thing she was not cool about is her favorite Italian restaurant being uh, fucked to death. I would, I would be mad. I would be mad. Um, I'd be pissed. <laughs> yeah, there's a great bit earlier. Uh, I think one of the funniest bits is in the in the whole fucking thing is they go. Uh, Harley takes her to this Italian restaurant, Mama Macaroni's, to get her like a vegan turducken meatball dish. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then the mafia come in and like shoot the like the server and like literally the guy serving them the meatballs gets shot in the head and slumps over as the mafia comes in to demand the recipe. It was very goofy and dumb. I just I love this show, dude. I just love yeah. it. It's just good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ways in which these characters just bounce off each other. Um, they're not particularly like good for each other, but they do love each other, and that's what matters. That's truly like all you need sometimes is is that we're gonna yeah. we're both gonna try even if trying um is not great for what the other person needs. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Uh, if you uh, want some good cartoons, this is the way to go. Yes. Because um, uh, I watched this and then the day after watched uh, these uh, episodes of Batman we're about to talk about, and let me tell you. I have some thoughts about the way Harley Quinn is written. I'm so sick of Batman the Animated Series, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking done with this show right now. Let's get into it. I don't remember which one is first. Okay, first, uh, our first episode is The Terrible Trio, uh, which aired September 11th, uh, Never Forget, 1995. Uh, this is the 71st episode. Uh, this was a uh, teleplay by Michael Reeves, story by Alan Burnett and Michael Reeves, directed by Frank Parr, animation services by Jade Animation. Uh, what happens in this episode? I I want to I want I want to quit Batman the Animated Series so bad. I I I, I watched this episode second of the two because um I, I fucking hate it, dude. Okay, um so this is, I watched this first because <laughs> this is the order we were doing them in. Um, I think this is the better episode of the two we were watching. I mean, it's like <laughs> just, it's a nothing. It's a total nothing. But at least it's. I think the next one's actively bad. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, um. There are three guys in animal masks. Oh, you go. I will say before we get into this, uh, we have about five or six weeks left of this show. So thank God. Um, okay. Yes. So there are three dudes in animal masks uh, doing thefts around Gotham City and somehow continue to give Batman and Robin the slip. I don't know how we're two seasons into the show and these three chumps could be doing this, but they're doing it. Uh, also... Bruce Wayne has some new rich guy friends that are talking about how um, they're better than poor people and so they shouldn't talk to them or something. And they're obviously going to be the three guys in the masks. Um, the main one, whose name I don't remember, it doesn't matter, he looks like Archie Andrews. Um, <clears throat> he He's the fox. He's the fox. Um, he's uh, got a girlfriend, girlfriend <laughs> named Rebecca and she's got a rich dad. Uh, and the terrible trio is going to rob the rich dad. Um, and Rebecca is, uh, oh, they rob the rich dad and he, they think that he's not going to be home, but he is. And they put him in the hospital and Rebecca's all fucked up about it. Uh, and the Archie Andrew guys look, Andrew, Archie Andrews looking guy, uh, takes her to a cabin and she's like, I should probably be in the hospital with my dad. And he's like, nah, babe, you, you don't even like him. You should be hanging out with me. Oh, you found out that we're the robbers time to chloroform you. Meanwhile, uh, Batman is like, oh wait, it's those three guys I met this week that, that, that suck. Um, I don't think he met them this week. Anyway, uh, him and Robin, uh, 
go and thwart the guys. Um, it's stupid. It's nothing happens. I hate it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, I kind of appreciate this because it's basically Batman fights the guys for money games. <laughs> they're just like fucking rich throw killers. I mean, this show's for children, so they aren't about that. But they they're basically like we're rich and bored, so we're gonna like fucking murder people and steal from them and stuff, right? Yeah, um, but they can't like, actually commit to that. <laughs> they're like, we've done all the extreme sports. We've done all the you know any other way we could risk our life. So now we have to you know you know get on the wrong side of the law, basically. Um, yes, and I just. I, <sighs> It's it's weird. It's weird. Why is Bruce Wayne suddenly the one sympathetic rich guy? I feel like this is not the characterization he's had in the show so far. Uh, the the idea that he would hang out, but also he's the guy who hangs out with them, like because he's like, this is what the elite are. He he doesn't think that much of it. He's like, oh, they're kind of evil, but like they're normal rich people evil. And I'm like, Bruce. Yeah. This is this is so much categor- this is categorically different than the cartoonish lady who tried to turn the penguin into like a normal guy, right? <laughs> like she's evil, but in like a very Saturday morning cartoon way. These guys are literally like, oh, you can't talk to like normal people. They're scum of the earth. They all deserve to be euthanized. It's one of those guys. Like you can't do anything with this. Yeah, yeah. Like Bruce, why just just stop hanging out with these people? Like you don't like them clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I don't. I don't get it. I also, I never, maybe this is me just not remembering, but I feel like this is not a Bruce who's like going around remembering the names of everybody, uh, of like all his help and stuff. Uh, I just, I don't, I get the impression that this Bruce Wayne is just a very ditzy guy. Like I, I think he is kind of the guy he plays just on some level. And so I was just like, uh, this felt like a weird turn for Bruce. Um, and then, yeah, I just, I was just grumpy the whole time because I was like two seasons into the show. I feel like three just chumps just shouldn't be giving Batman and Robin this much trouble. I just felt like this should be handled in five minutes. And yes. maybe I am uh, being a little like power levels about it, but whatever. <laughs> well, it's weird. Cause like they don't even spend that much time talking about how like, they could be mirrors to like Robin or even Bruce and like rich guys get just do a bunch of cool, like athletics because they're bored. And ultimately like, that's not that different than what Batman does. They just took it like dark. Um, yeah. But the episodes n- doesn't even touch on this at all. There's nothing about like, we're not so different. You and I in it. Right. That's a, I guess that's the thing. And this has been my big frustration point with a lot of this show is that, um, it presents you with a lot of guys who could, uh, we're not so different, you and I. And seemingly, Ra's al Ghul is the only one who's going to actually say that. Um, yeah. Which just makes a lot of, which makes a lot of the villains just feel kind of empty, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, also, this episode ends with a really gratuitous, uh, oh, this guy is going to get uh, raped in prison joke. Yes. Show. Yes. I was like, is this a prison rape joke? And then I was like, I, I, I was like 50-50 on it, and so when you said it, I was like, okay, definitely that's what it is, because it feels, it felt icky to me. Yes. Oh, can I, um, um you go, you go. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Um, this is totally off topic. Uh, so there's a bit where Rebecca, the girlfriend, is like, ooh, I put this $5,000 dress on, uh, uh, on daddy's credit card, and I looked at it, and I was like, Bruce, Tim, you could buy that dress at Target. There's no five... Th- that is a black dress. <laughs> I need someone on this show to please learn what fashion is. It is a black dress. There is no $5,000 black dress like that. It is... <laughs> like, at least put some jewels on it or something. Come on. Like, make me believe that this is a $5,000 dress, please. <laughs> um, also, the idea that they're like hyper rich but like her buying a five thousand dollar dress is gonna get her in a lot of trouble or whatever like there's like a brief moment where they flirt the idea that like the money matters and it's, it's not about the money yeah the, the, the guy just doesn't know what it's doing the guys um they're trying to get away from batman and and um the main one is like oh throw the money uh and the the other guys don't want to do it and i was like why do you care you're literally not in this for the money you said that in the last scene that you're not in this for the money you just are in it for the thrills so like yeah throw the money why do you care <laughs> yeah um and then and then it's just it's also just weird to have 
oh, look, the poors really are just picking up all that money on the street. Like, yeah, of course they would. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just weird. I just, this show is so weird to me. I, and, uh, it looks nice. Like, I think the animation season two has been like really, really strong, but, uh, the stories are just like totally falling flat for me a lot of the time. So, <sighs> Uh, okay, you want to get to the second episode then? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so our second episode is Harlequin Cade, uh, the 72nd episode. This is written by Paul Dini. Let me tell you, you can tell. <laughs> uh, directed by Kevin yes, Altieri, Animation Services by Donging Animation Code Limited. This aired May 25th, ni- or 23rd, 1994. Autumn, what happens this episode? Um, the Joker is going to nuke Gotham City. Um, <clears throat> uh, and... Okay, so Batman doesn't figure this out till later, but it's incredibly obvious from the start, so I'm just going to say it here. He has tied up the mayor, um, and he's having the mayor, like, give bogus orders to the police department to throw them off the trail. So, um, Mayor Hill is still around in this fucking show. Can you believe it? <laughs> the man has not been impeached somehow. Good for him. Anyway, um, so Batman, being short on time... Uh, goes to Arkham and uh, cuts Harley a deal. If she'll help him stop the Joker, she gets to walk scot-free. Um, this, I don't know why Batman would cut her this deal, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> she pro- she pinky promises not to double-cross him. They go home. They get her gear. Uh, I thought they were strapped for time, but apparently they have time for many stops. Um <laughs> They go to a uh, criminal bar, um, and it appears that uh, Harley is double-crossing them. Um, And maybe she is. I was a little unclear on that. Uh, But once Robin shows up and saves Batman, uh, Harley was like, oh, this was part of my plan the whole time. They get the information they need. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention that back at... Harley's or or Harley or Joker's hideout they know Batman observes oh Joker has security cameras on everything in Gotham City interesting um so they get the information they need they go hunt down the Joker um um Harley once again tries to double cross uh Joker also she does a musical number at the bar I forgot to mention the musical number um, she, she once again double crosses Batman to help out the Joker. And then Batman points out, Hey, the Joker was just going to let you be in the city when it was nuked. Maybe you shouldn't, uh, uh, help this guy out. And she's a little pissed off. So, uh, she, uh, double crosses the Joker yet again. And everybody goes back to Arkham, uh, and the day is saved. I'm going to be honest with you. I watched this episode at 2x speed. I was, I was done. (laughs) I was, I was done. (laughs) Um, Uh, you could cut this way down by just being like Harley Quinn, 48 hours done. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Uh, I've never Um, seen 48 hours actually, but I do know. I do know what it's about. You should watch it. It's really good. We watched it for repertory screenings. Oh, I couldn't remember if it was a Blockbusters or a repertory screenings. Anyway. It was repertory screenings. It was good. Um, anyway, um, Paul Dini loves women that exist to be charming to men, but in like the most like suck-ass way possible. Yes. <laughs> Harley <laughs> Quinn is not a person. She's like a collection of personality traits that like don't cohere so he's made her crazy just to make them all work in the context of like a lady who can be all the things i want her to be Mm. um and i think it's miserable i i genuinely look at this character and i go i like harley quinn but the thing i like doesn't exist in this show it's not here yeah um like it she her, like, being on Batman's side, Joker's side, Batman's side, Joker's side, just feels like we don't know what we're doing with this character. It doesn't feel like she is, like, you know, playing all the angles, or she doesn't feel in control of the situation in any way. Um, no, it, it's just it's just an excuse to get her to, you know, like, get all their shit in of, like, oh, here's a bit where she betrays Batman. Here's a bit where she fights some mobsters. Here's a bit where she betrays Batman a different way. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, cause yeah, she betrays Batman, but then she like very obviously prolongs the musical number to help Robin help Batman out. And so it's like, what did you, what are we doing? Like what, what was the point of any of this? Also the, the musical number is like incredibly indulgent, but it's all based around like, like farce about like bombshell fifties ladies, right? Like, yes. The, the whole point is that she, she doesn't have a good singing voice. She's just singing a classic and showing off her ass, which they lovingly animate. Um, <laughs> they really do. And the song sucks. And I'm, I'm like, how do we not have a good music? This literally one of my favorite bits and all of DC animated stuff is, uh, the, the fucking musical number in Batman, Brave and the Bold and the birds of prey episode that Gail Simone wrote. Cause Gail Simone could write circles around Paul Dini any day. Yes. Uh, um, which is all of them singing a song to distract matches Malone. Cause he's, uh, evil. It, it doesn't matter. We'll get mm. to it someday, hopefully. Um, and it's great. It's cause it, it's, it's all of them singing a cool song. It does all of this stuff about like, you just want to see a hot lady sing. Sometimes, you know, comic books often are about like, look at these hot people doing hot things. Um, but it's characters who like are competent and good at what they do. And the whole thing is like a, a whole plan and not just a bunch of mishmashed bullshit about how much uh, Paul Dini thinks that like lounge singers in the 1940s were cool. But only yes. in the way that like a child watching Hollywood films, uh, his his conception of a sexy lady just doesn't map to anything real. It's just nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and it's just like, it's yeah, it's just like, it's exactly what you said of like the character, the Harley Quinn that I like is just not in this show, period. Like she is, she is just like, like at the mercy of the writers, which is weird to say, cause she's not a real person. Uh, but yes. she just feels like, yeah, you, you put it exactly right when you said that, like, she's just a mishmash of traits that like, don't make any sense, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just like it's just like this man rolled up all of his like toxic ideas of what makes a cute girl and a hot woman into one being and she just bounces between them and half of them are like classic Hollywood quips. Mhm. There's a whole bit there's a whole line where she's like, "Oh, you thought I was just another bubble-headed blonde bimbo." And then she's like, "I'm not even a real blonde." It's like so out of this is like from a 50s movie. Like she's she's a psychiatrist. And I'm pretty sure she's actually blonde when we see her in the in like flashbacks. Yes. Yes. I'm like, um, none of this, none of this is true. All of this is stupid. Yeah. And just like the way that, the way that Batman has to be like paternal over her just feels icky. Yes. Like the way he's just like, yes. he's so controlling. He's so like, now don't you dare double cross me. Now don't you, yeah. you know, do this. Uh, like the, wagging the, the, his finger the at about, her. The thing about this is not that he ha ends up being like turbo cop, which is like a way to play it. And that's like mm. how the Harley Quinn show plays. Where it's like Batman is an unreasonable cop. Uh, and everyone hates that about him. Um, it's that Joker and Batman represent two different types of dad that she is like bouncing between. And it yes. that sucks. Yes. If, if the whole episode was, she was, she wanted to help Joker the whole time and was trying to maneuver Batman into the best way to do that. That's one thing, but she like her flip-flopping between just two guys that suck. And like, I can't tell, like, what's Batman's, like, feelings toward her at all in this episode, because he is really paternal, and, like, and it does feel like he's hitting on her once or twice. I don't know. It's, it's weird. Uh, you have, yeah, but then you the have eight other women like, to hit on, Bruce. Stop. <laughs> yeah, but then also the episode is ultimately about, like, teasing the idea that she might not actually be that interested in putting up with the Joker's bullshit, except she does, and mm. it ends like a fucking literal, like, honeymooners bit. Yes. Yes. Um. And it like yeah, he's like like I don't I I don't even understand like um, I feel like. I feel like Harley Quinn the the more recent show and it feels unfair to compare these two because it's just like, two very different styles of television but, the more recent show at least you can sort of get into Harley's shoes and understand like oh well. Uh, Joker does this for her. She gets this out of the relationship. Um, in this episode, it's just, oh, he listened to me one time, you know? And it's like, yeah. that doesn't, it just doesn't work. Like, you're, the yeah. 
the thing with Paul Dini, and this is like, this is true of a lot of classic and like modern golden age animators, is they just grew up watching a bunch of TV and cartoons and are regurgitating the things that they were like formed by. It's like mm-hmm. the fucking cable guy. He's just like the cable guy for shitty old sitcoms. Right, right. Uh, he's just he's just raised on the stuff and it's like how he perceives the world. And I think it makes all of the characterization just feel really shoddy. Um, yeah. And I like, you know, this show, the two things that break out of the show are Harley Quinn and the new backstory for Mr. Freeze. And one of those is good. And one of those I'm like, I don't even like I understand that, like, there were no like cute characters in Batman. And, you know, Harley Quinn is a cute lady. They can put on merchandise or whatever. People like to dress up as her. It's an easy costume. It's just a bodysuit and some face paint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not begrudging any of that. But like the idea that this character got to catch on is a miracle. It's like just that you, you, given infinite chances clearly because the she just sucks it's just I'm miserable watching yeah. it right after the, the valentine's day special drove me crazy i was like yes. where is harley quinn in this show well yeah and and yeah it's it's weird because the things the things that i remember liking about not just not just this show but all of these shows is that they have such a good grasp on character yeah and it's just yeah. not here in any way in 1993 you know or yeah I, guess we're in 95 Harley, by Quinn, this Harley point. Quinn is the living embodiment of every time Bugs Bunny dresses in drag and acts like a woman yes yes <laughs> that's just who she is all the time and it's exhausting um and yeah it's just frustrating like the the like Robin was in both of the episodes that we've talked about today I haven't mentioned him except for he did like one halfway useful thing because like Robin, basically not a character in these shows, other than he's a fucking square. Oh, I do want to, I, I didn't know, when I was watching the episode, in the Terrible Trio, um, I'm pretty sure in every episode Robin exists, there's a time where he goes ahead and Batman goes, Robin, no, and then something bad happens to Robin, literally every single time. Yes, yes. He, like, breaks his arm this time, doesn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> but he almost gets blown, like, actually blown up and, like, what, um... And it's just cartoonish. I'm like, th- this guy's this guy's six episodes in a couple years. I understand away from being Nightwing, like he's adult Robin. Why is why are they making him so useless all the time? Yeah, and like, I don't I don't have a handle on like I don't have a handle anymore on like what this Bruce Wayne is, what this Batman is. Like, I just I just feel like all these characters are just so like shoddy and and change from episode to episode i just don't feel like any sort of consistency between them um which is like what you need like like you need like batman to be a sort of fixed point you need harley quinn to be a fixed point when you're gonna do episodic tv like this you know um the only thing that's fixed about batman is that he's going to be the most cop he can be at all times (laughs) yes um Six weeks. We got six weeks. Uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for Superman. I hate that I've just been such a downer on this show lately. I just, you know. Um... The, the thing is, like, I, I watch, like, Harley Quinn or whatever, and I, or I, you know, I think about Batman outside the context. I'm like, I still like these characters. I just don't think this show, I think this show is, like, very good for its time. And I mm-hmm. hate saying that as someone who like does old media all the time. I understand why it was revolutionary. I think the things that are unique about it are still unique and interesting about it. Yes. But, um, I think it really struggles to escape the confines of what it, the kind of story it can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, in my memory, which is not like distant memory from a child, it's like memory from like six or seven years ago, Justice League cleans up a lot of the cruft that I find objectionable about this show. Like, I know yes. they get better about it. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, like in a certain sense, like this is, this show is going to run for, you know, seven more seasons as we get into Superman, Batman Beyond, Justice League, and, like, yeah, it's just gonna get better as they go on. Um, and, yeah. And, and also, I, I had not watched the show that recently. I had read... I've read and reread the Batman Adventures, the comics, and just... I just think that across the board, the comics are better than this show. And I think that, yes. like, my best memories of this show are, like these same stories done in the comic issues or related stories. Um, like I just, I just think that the comics of this show work so much better. I haven't read, um, any of the Superman adventures comics. Uh, so I'm probably going to be doing that when we get to that show. Uh, I'm excited to, because, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to just having more of this, 
having more of the good parts of this because I just I've been such a downer yeah. and I I want to like find the stuff I'm excited about you know yeah so <clears throat> I guess that about does it where could people find you online uh, first off next week oh we're yes. watching uh, time out of joint uh, which is a clocking episode which that's that's exciting and uh, we're watching Bane. Oh, that's going to be dumb. Hopefully positive. <laughs> uh, the only thing I remember is this is literally the only Bane episode of Batman. Yes. Like he shows up as like a cameo later, but like they only used him once. I think this is really like the stank of like Nightfall happened and no one liked it that much. Mm -hmm. Like he was the big event guy, so they didn't want to use him in this. Right. That'd yeah. be my assumption. Or they knew they're going to use him in future movies. So like, don't don't do too much of this guy. That would be my guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I should um, send you, um, I saw a clip yesterday of Tom Hardy explaining how he arrived at Bane voice. Um, and it, it's the, the specifics are, are unimportant, but apparently he went to Christopher Nolan. He's like, well, we could do like a sort of Darth Vader thing, or we could do this one and we might get laughed at for it. And apparently Christopher Nolan was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Let's try your thing. Um, I wish I had any reclamatory, rec like, I wish I had the capacity to reclaim any part of Dark Knight Rises. I hate that so much in my memory. I've only seen it once. I saw mm -hmm. it at the end of its theatrical one. I went to see it because I didn't like Dark Knight. And I remember having just a truly terrible time. Nothing yes. redeeming about it. <laughs> I The thing that um, I remember about Dark Knight Returns is that, like, I remember... Rises. Being... Dark Knight Returns is a different oh, thing. Yes, I would love yes. to talk about Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I would love to talk about Dark Knight Returns. Um, Dark Knight Rises. The thing I remember is being in the theater and me and my date were actually kind of enjoying it. And then we like walked out of the theater and then just like the short walk from the theater to our car. We were like, that didn't make any sense. Like, why did any of that happen? Why did like, like we were wowed by some of the spectacle of it in the moment. And like the moment the movie ended, we were just like, why was Bane going to blow up Gotham with himself in it? Why did the police go into the whatever? I don't need to cinema sins the whole thing, but it was just like, no, it, the, the, the quickest I just ever turned on a movie so fast. I'm like, Oh, you know, the sound and fury got me, but I <laughs> hate that movie. And I can't even like, I don't even want to rewatch it to find out like, Oh, is it funny? Bad. You know, like, can I like get amused by, Bane's whole plot just being that he has a big bomb. I I, I don't even I don't even have. I, that I can for just it. watch. I can just watch the Bane and Harley Quinn, who's yeah. always funny. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Where can people um, find you? You can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at neuralmapping.com. Uh, what we got? Uh, Longfire has been pretty good because we we've been talking about uh, the prisoner and turn a Gundam in mm -hmm. addition to Icelandic sagas, which is what that podcast is supposedly about. But you know. Uh, that's how it is. Um, I have a abnormal mapping that went up recently on Fantasy Star one through four that I thought was really good. Uh, we got some stuff coming up. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find me on co-host at autumnal. You can go to exportaud.io to support this podcast and all the other podcasts that we do. Uh, people should go to export. Um, go to the Patreon. Sign up for a dollar. Uh, listen to Ars Arcanum, uh, which is back. Uh, question mark, question mark, question mark. We did one episode. We have plans to do bare minimum three more this year to do the other Brandon Kickstarter books. Uh, and then we want to just get that rolling again, like as a regular thing. Um, it's dubious because, uh, both Nora and I have too many fucking projects. Uh, but I would, I would really like to make that happen. And regardless, regardless of how the rest of it goes, I think the episode we recorded about, uh, Tress of the Emerald Sea is really good. Um, I think also people should check out, if you go to exportaudio slash exportaudio, Nora and I just bullshitted for two hours. Uh, uh, Export has just turned into an event podcast because we can't actually do it all that often. Um, <laughs> but when we do, I, I was very, very happy with how that episode came out. So please, everybody go listen to that. The, thing, the weird thing that's happened is that um, part of my franchise has become Export Audio, basically. Yeah, yeah. Which I had always assumed when Nora pitched that idea that it was going to be Nora and like different guests every season, but it's just been the two of you. Well, yeah, that was kind of the idea because I was like, 
oh, at some point you're going to pick something that I don't want to do, and then you're going to have to rope Crystal into this, or you're going to have to rope Jackson into this, or whatever. But so far, it's just been I like me. that I did not come up. I, I like that it was Crystal and Jackson and not me. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to like say, like, oh, M, do you want to watch all the Shrek movies with Nora? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I would rather die. I like Nora a lot. I don't think I would watch Shrek for Nora. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I I really liked export audio the export we just did I gotta we gotta figure out some way to like consolidate the podcast maybe but that's a issue for another time uh, let's get out of here okay we'll be back next week you can find this a week early if you subscribe to the Patreon you should subscribe to the Patreon not for this because I understand this podcast is a little like ropey at the best of times but honestly <laughs> export's been doing consistently great work and people should pay money for it. The Patreon number went Patreon. up a good deal the last two months, so thank you, everybody. Oh, good. Um, Coffee comic books, Coffee and Comic Books have been killing it. I like all those episodes quite a bit. Um, I'm never going to read Billy Bat. I just, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I would hate it. Everything about it is like, I'm like, ugh, are you kidding me? You, um, but I liked hearing you talk about it. <laughs> you should read Top Ten if you find the time. I think that is like a thing you would enjoy. Um, okay. Um, People should listen to Anomalous Ratings, which Nora and Jackson do. Uh, it's really good. The it's most recent really episode good. on uh, on Roadside Picnic was fantastic. They're reading this Christopher Paolini book that I've decided I'm going to read along with, and I think I'm ahead of Nora and Jackson at this point, because that's how I am. Nora Nora's on a reread, so I think like once she actually like oh, okay. I think once she actually like picks it up, I think she'll like get through it really quick. So Okay. Yeah, unlike both of them, I am reading it on like actually reading it not listening to it so ah. just speed it up a bit um because i'm a fast reader like that um <laughs> but it's good uh that's everything uh we'll be back next week probably yeah you know? i would like to let's fucking get through these goddamn batmans and get to the superman uh until next time batman batman Hello and welcome to Gotham City Limits, your premier podcast for all things Batman. He is vengeance. He is the knight. I'm Em, and that's Autumn. Actually, I'm Jackson. You're not Jackson. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> Do your best British accent right now. Oi, I'm Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not Jackson. Jackson said anything like that. I don't. Does Jackson say oi ever? No. Yeah, actually, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I haven't read any Batman. I haven't watched any Batman. No. We no, don't. We not, actually not don't have it. a segment one to this podcast. Sometimes we do, but not really. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're just going to get into it because uh, I want to lay back down and finish the YouTube video you interrupted me for to record this podcast. Oh, I'm so sorry. What was your YouTube video? Uh, the the guy who the anti chef guy who does the oh. uh, Jamie and Julia videos did like a, a stuffed cabbage that seemed really nightmarish to put together, and I want to see how it turns out. Okay, I like that channel a lot. Anyway, yeah. let's talk about Batman. <laughs> So our first episode this week is Time Out of Joint, uh, the 73rd episode of Batman the Animated Series, uh, teleplay by Steve Perry, story by Alan Burnett, directed by Dan Reba, animation by Dong Yang, Animation Co. Limited. What happens in this episode, Autumn? Uh, Clock King is back in town. Um, <clears throat> he uh, has a little device where he can he can do chaos control. Um, and he's... <laughs> it's very funny that's your pull for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, I'm just of an age. Anyway, um... Clock King can do chaos control. He's going to try again to get revenge on Mayor Hill. Um, he tests it out by um, <clears throat> by stealing a clock. And um, Gordon is like, why do you think it's Clock King, Batman? And Batman's like, just a hunch. And it's like, he stole a fucking clock. That's why. It's not fucking rocket science. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so they hunt down... Um, what does it they do? They hunt down the guy, the the mad scientist guy that um, Fugit's been working with while Fugit is plotting his uh, revenge. He's taking his sweet time with it. Get it? Because uh, he has he has Mayor Hill cornered, but Batman and Robin come in and save the day, uh, and so Clock King um, escapes, and then he goes to the scientist guy, and then Batman and Robin go to the scientist guy, and Clock King's big plan is he puts a he uses chaos control to put a uh, bomb under the podium where Mayor Hill's going to give this big speech. Um, and he puts a uh, time device thingy under the Batmobile um, that gets set off. 
Uh, and it the Batmobile doesn't detect it because it's a nanosecond out of phase with reality. Don't worry about that part too much. Anyway, <laughs> um, they they speed out to the suburbs to this lab and they uh, save the scientist and he explains. Um, and then they put the 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 time machine things on their motorcycles so that they can travel like faster than time to get to Mayor Hill's speech to save the day, and they do. And it's good. It's just it's just a silly episode. It's just kind of a silly, fun Batman and Robin solve a crime episode. It's kind of all you need from this show sometimes. And uh, they delivered. <laughs> um, Mayor Hill's still around. I can't believe this motherfucker. I hate this man so much. <laughs> I was rooting for Clock King a little bit. Like, please. <laughs> Get uh, rid of this MF. So Clock King's got the time stop thing, which you you described as chaos control. But the only thing I could think of is like bad, horny JAV premises. <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> yeah. Getting a little off color here on a Friday night. Uh, just like, oh, this guy can stop time. He's going to use it to do pervert shit. And the idea that his idea of pervert shit is to go fuck with the mayor is like... <laughs> This is the lamest man who's ever lived. He really I hate, is. I hate the clocking so much. He's just such a fucking dweeb. Uh, him and the Riddler are really made for each other in some ways. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, um, this version of the Clock King should be cool because he's basically that evil guy from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Slugworth right. or whatever. Um, but he doesn't have any of the panache. Um, yeah, I had to like go look at the DCAU wiki to remind myself of why he made it hated mayor Hill so much. Cause, um, made him late to court. He made him late to court. Right. He was, uh, he, he, he took 15 extra minutes on his lunch break one time and it ruined his whole life. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I like enjoyed this episode on just, just a very surface level. I thought it was very fun and silly when, um, Clock King trips over that woman, and that's what, uh, like, almost foils his escape attempts. Yes. <laughs> um, I thought it was very silly to watch Batman uh, run out into the bay to throw a bomb away. I thought that was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of just a flimsy nothing episode, to be honest. Um, Robin in these two episodes, dumbest motherfucker ever lived. <laughs> Um, really Robin just taking it. Mine's mostly on the next episode where Robin literally just gets like fucking put at the bottom of all power rankings. Possible. Yes. Yes. Um, my thing in this one is there's this ridiculous bit where the Batmobile stopped in time or like is it's right. time is slowed down, which to Batman and Robin look like the Batmobile stopped, which is not how time displacement works, but whatever. Uh -huh. um, but Batman goes, E equals MC square. If another car hits us, it would be like an atomic explosion. <laughs> which is which is such a Batman 66 line. And, and I, God bless Kevin Conroy, you know, but he cannot do Adam West Batman. No, not he to save his life. <laughs> it's it's a wonderfully silly thing. It's wonderfully yes. silly to see them like like Batman just shoots the car to get rid of yes. it. Yes. And then like I guess energy was being stored up, so the Batmobile, like, slingshots all through town until they crash it, and they have to take their motorcycles the rest of the way there. Um, yes. Which, why were their motorcycles stored in the Batmobile? <laughs> I have no I have no answers for you. None. <laughs> Nothing about that, the mechanics of time or the Batmobile makes sense, ever. So, <sighs> also it was very stupid. <laughs> Was Batman running on water at the end when he throws the, the thing into the bay? Ooh, I don't I, think so, but you know what? I watched the episode two days ago, and I couldn't tell you. I watched it earlier this afternoon, and I couldn't tell you, so... Okay. Um, yeah, uh, really, it's it's kind of Oh, yeah, of he nothing. totally... I mean, yeah, he uses, he uses the time displacer thing. Yeah, so yeah. So he can walk, he can run on the water because he's moving very fast, like a lizard. Oh, right. The other the thing that triggers the bomb is that Mayor Hill has a comedy 60-pound gavel to inaugurate the new um, courthouse. And yes. he's having trouble lifting it. And then when he does lift it and smack it down on the uh, podium, it triggers the bomb. 
which yeah. is such a stupid plan that I'm kind of into it. <laughs> yeah. I do love the idea of Batman running with like a bomb that is exploding, but in slow motion. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, also extremely Batman 66, like some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were going to, I thought they were going to fully do the homage. Like I thought he was going to like go and like, Oh, there's some nuns can't throw it away here. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought they were going to do the thing. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't. Um, but Yeah. That's it for Clock King. We won't see him till Just League Unlimited. Real? I'm surprised he comes back in that. Oh yeah, it's really dumb. Um. Well, do you want to talk about Bane? Yeah. So our next episode is Bane, the 75th episode. We skipped one. This was my mistake. We'll get it next week. Don't worry about it. Um. Written by Mitch Bryan, uh, directed by Kevin Altieri, animation by Dongang Animation Co. Limited. Uh, this aired September 10th. Never forget 1994. <laughs> The negative seventh anniversary of the uh, <laughs> North American launch of Advance Wars. <laughs> and Jay-Z's blueprint. Mm. Um, so, uh, Rupert Thorne, by way of unnamed hot lady, question mark, Candace. Um, Candace, yes. Rup- what if What if Rupert Thorne had Talia Ghul at home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rupert Thorne, by way of his assistant Candace, hires Bane, um, who is a South American assassin. We don't get any more specifics than that. Um, And he's very expensive. Um, So Bane uh, is going to assassinate Batman. He's going to follow Killer Croc around um, and study Killer Croc's movements. But he kind of only does that for 30 seconds before beating the shit out of Killer Croc. Um... And Batman saves Killer Croc and uh, interrogates him, gets all the information he can out of uh, Killer Croc. And uh, from that information and from the Bat computer is like, this must be Bane, the the escaped prisoner who got injected with all this Venom stuff. Um, And somebody must be trying to kill me. And uh, Alfred's like, who? Everybody's trying to kill you, though, Master Bruce. And Batman's like, oh, but only one person in this show could afford to try to kill me. Uh, and Alfred was apparently carrying a newspaper <laughs> with Rupert Thorne's name as the I, headline. <laughs> I want to, I want to believe that he's carrying a newspaper with the headline of every possible Batman villain. Yeah. He, he opens up that coat and there's Joker, <laughs> Thorne, Killer Croc. <laughs> it's, it, I, that line, that shot of him pulling out the newspaper just says Rupert Thorne made me laugh out loud. <laughs> so it's so fucking funny. Um... <clears throat> So they stake out um, uh, Thorne's office building where Bane and Candace are talking about how they're going to take down Batman and then they're going to take down Rupert Thorne and they're going to take all of Gotham over. Um, And Thorne comes in and he chit-chats with uh, Bane and Robin is staking out the building from a rooftop while Batman is pulling up in the Batmobile. Uh, Don't don't really know what his plan was with that part. Um... But Bane um, sees him and (laughs) runs up on Robin and beats the shit out of him. Uh, Robin does get in a cool little move where he, like, ducks under Bane's legs and comes in and kicks him. But uh, he loses the fight. Uh, Batman goes in and talks to Thorne. um, And while he's talking, he finds out that Robin was kidnapped. So he goes to save Robin. Robin, of course, uh, being tied up. Uh, and waited so that they can drown him uh, because this is Batman. That's just what happens when you get captured. Uh, kind of disappointed there were no sharks down there. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so Batman goes to this boat where they've got Robin, and he he keeps doing like um, like lucha moves where he's like reaching for Bane's neck with his legs, which was kind of cool one time, and then he does it like four more times, and it was less cool. Um, and he like wins round one and then Bane gets back on the ship while he's saving Robin and then they fight again and (laughs) Batman, uh, like breaks, like Bane's about to do the thing. He's about to break Batman and Batman gets a battering and breaks the thing that's regulating the amount of venom to Bane's system. So Bane gets, uh, overloaded with venom and then 
the 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 contact lenses on his lucha mask pop out <laughs> and he gets like cartoon inflated and it's very funny while this is happening uh robin is like candace come down here we'll have a sexy fight in the water uh then we cut back to robin and he's getting beat up by candace <laughs> candace literally goes let's go uh piss baby and leaps in the water to fuck him up and succeeds in fucking yes. him up <laughs> yes um so um but batman beats bane candace beats robin but then she escapes and robin's like we need to go after her and batman's like i have a better idea um, and so she's going to talk to Thorne and Batman walks into Thorne's office and plays the tape of, um, Candace, uh, plotting against Thorne. And then Thorne, sa- like, raises his voice with her, like he's like a fucking 50s sitcom dad or something. Yes. Uh, and Batman walks out and, uh, that's the end of the story. I don't know as, why- As he just allows Thorne to, like, murder his, like, secretary or whatever. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Also, like, Batman, you have, like- evidence that Thorne was hiring assassins like surely you can bring him in for this right like that's your thing uh but no uh shrug uh it's fine this episode's pretty good it's very silly both of these episodes good just kind of silly perfunctory saturday morning cartoons to me um yeah that's fair i think this episode's like really uneven but mostly because like so apparently no one on the production staff wanted to do Bane, but they were like, you got to do Bane. It's Bane. He's It's the 90s. People love Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's important. And they're like, well, we're not doing the fucking Nightfall thing. Uh, so we're just going to like pretend we are and then not do it. Um, but also they had to write a guy they don't like. And Bane is like a super assassin who's a luchador, but like a strategic genius. Mm-hmm. Bane's a confusing character. And I think he's mostly badly written. I fucking hate Nightfall. This has come up multiple times. I think it's a terrible story. Not really because of Bane, just because of everything else. Um, <laughs> and in this, in this, he's just a weird new henchman with like a terrible, like they barely talk about the, the venom. He's got a luchador mask for no discernible reason other than he's South American. Um, they did the thing that I hate where his his lips are uncovered and uh-huh. the mask like moves around with his lips. Yeah, it's weird. It, it's it, it definitely has like uncomfortable connotations about mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. big lipped animated characters uh-huh, in uh, uh-huh, contemporary uh-huh. American fiction. But also it just looks bad. It just looks bad even if you could divorce it from that. Um, well, and also just because he is South American, he's very suave and smooth and yes. bringing in the ladies. Like that's his only yeah, yes. like... She just hears the accent and her heart goes like she gets like big cartoon hard eyes, you know? Yes. Um, um also he immediately gets chumped out. Like yes. it's like oh Batman's like, this is the cool this is the coolest guy. He's the only one I think who could fuck me up. I'm afraid of him. And then uh, oh, I I, pu- I pulled out a batarang and stabbed him in his control panel. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Yes. And then and then to be fair, when Bane turns into a piece of pop art, it's amazing. <laughs> yes. Because they they get rid of the um they stop drawing backgrounds and it's just Bane it's just on this red. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. Yes. Um, and I, I really, I really did laugh out loud. Complimentary when, when his, like the glass on his Lucha mask pops out. <laughs> yes. His eyes so- <laughs> are bulging so much. It forces the red lenses out of his mask <laughs> with his damn eyeballs. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's stupid. Um, um, but really the thing here is that, um, Rupert Thorne's secretary, like a normal femme fatale sexy lady in the way the show has only one type of woman, beats the fuck out of Dick Grayson. <laughs> beats the brakes off him. She, she does a better job of beating him up than Bane does. Yeah. <laughs> but also, to be fair, why does Bane, or why was Robin like, hey, let's fight in the water? Like, why would you do that, Robin? <laughs> I have no idea. I genuinely don't know. It's really funny. Um, there's an amazing bit where where Bane captures Robin and then like strips his shirt off uh-huh. and like brings the shirt to show Batman that he has Robin. And then Dick Grayson's just like hung up shirtless, like like Dick Grayson's a sexy guy. And I'm like, this Dick Grayson is the least sexy man. There's like a lot of weird homoerotic, like not even like good undertones, just like things put in the ether of this episode that are not things that I think this show does well or often. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah, you and me are, like, big fans of, like, a sexy Dick Grayson, but this show, like, trying to do it for, like, 30 seconds is just bizarre. (laughs) Yes, 
and then and then this lady kicks his ass and escapes <laughs> literally she she dives in the water beats the shit out of him gets out of the water and runs away yes. and batman's like batman's like no you're not gonna go after her i'll go after her <laughs> <laughs> no um, one has ever no one has ever thwarted batman and robin as much as random secretary of rupert thorne <laughs> in her second and only other appearance um this shows a lot sometimes <laughs> yeah um the other funny thing is um killer croc getting totally chumped out yeah yeah um also just like batman like comedy torturing killer croc pretty good <clears throat> yes i'm like this guy does not deserve this last time we saw him he was like having a weird tragic like circus uh you know sideshow mystery whatever also batman just being like hmm i wonder how this medical device works you know how it works stop that <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny it's good it's cute uh it's cute i say as batman tortures captured criminal <laughs> regardless um uh yeah, kind of, kind of just two nothing episodes. But y- you know what? After the last couple weeks we've had, I will take yeah. nothing episodes. Honestly, yes, these are fine. <laughs> these are fine. Um, I just, I just think this version of Bane kind of sucks. But I think yeah. most versions of Bane kind of suck. My like ideal Bane is the the Secret Six version that Gail Simone wrote, where he's just kind of like a weird, um, well-meaning but like uncommunicative dad to. Scandal Savage. If you've read Secret Six, it's a great book. I highly recommend it to anybody. I should be really deep into Batman lore to care about most of the characters in that, but uh, you know, they'll win you over. I should read that. I haven't read that. I've I've Um, like had an itch to read some Batman comics, but I haven't like done it. I would say I would say calling Secret Six a Batman book is generous. Sometimes (laughs) Batman appears tangentially. Okay. Okay. Because they're a spinoff of, like, her version of that is, like, a spinoff of the, like, Villains United storyline. And oh. they kind of fall out of, like, Suicide Squad stuff. So it's, okay. like, removed, removed, removed. But Bane's in, like, when it gets an ongoing, finally, Bane's in it. Um, and so it's automatically kind of tied into Batman stuff. Catman's there, and Catman's just knock off Batman. Right. Um, um, I like it a lot, though. Well, yeah, I got nothing else for these two, honestly. No, uh, it's nice just like watch a show and have like a fun time laughing at it. Uh, yeah, not enough of that. Yeah, I wish um, the I wish the show was like this more often. So yes, I wish more people were kicking the shit out of Dick Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Part of me is like, I do want like Dick to get a single W in this entire show. But yeah, that's also, not happening. Also, it's probably never happening. That's gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so next week we'll be watching Catwalk, which is the episode we skipped because for some reason I thought it was a two-parter. I was incorrect. Sorry, I'm yawning. It's Friday night. Uh, you know how it goes. <laughs> um, and uh, then we will be we will be watching Baby Doll, um, uh, which, which is an episode I remember liking, but is like the most like oh these are the people who made fucking Tiny Toon Adventures making a Batman episode. Interesting. Uh, I don't remember yeah. this one, so um, right. <clears throat> we will find out all about it next week. Uh, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at am underscore being. You can find all my podcasts at normalmapping.com. You should check out um, the upcoming abnormal mapping about Mutazione and yeah. a bunch of other games. It's going to be great. I still don't know how to pronounce that game. Hopefully, I'll find out by tomorrow when we record. <laughs> Mutazone, Mutazione, Mutazione. No idea. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can go to exportaud.io. That'll take you to the Patreon page. We've got links to all the free feeds, but you should just give us a dollar a month. You get this show and a bunch of others early. $5 a month, you get um, a bunch of... It, for a while, it was like just Pop Town, and then we've kind of accidentally stopped doing Pop Town. I'm sorry about that, everybody, but I've tried to make up for it with a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> Um, it's fine. There's an episode of Ornate Stairwells that everyone got mad at us about, which I am enjoying. Mostly um, me. Did anyone, did anyone else get as mad as I feel like I was the the vanguard of that? Rick, Rick is like lightly peeved. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, as, as I was just in your DMs for three days, like <laughs> mad about it. So. <laughs> Rick was talking to me about like, yeah, I just backed the wrong horse. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, this is your fault, specifically your fault, that I am so misconstrued by on what movies you actually like or not. 
Uh, well, if it makes you feel better, you still did better than Nora, who I was actively helping out. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the part where I missed that I done like I got third, because uh, most of that episode is you explaining how I was in, specifically was wrong over and over again. <laughs> you got third, funny. but you did have the most correct picks. It's just that you were right early and you were wrong late, which is where yeah. you get the most points. Anyway, uh, not the way we did it. We did it the right way, where you just get flat points. Um, uh, five dollars a month gets you, uh, stairwell. That's stairwell's app. It gets you, uh, extra episodes of coffee and comic books, which we've really been on fire with lately. Just did another one of those today. Um, that'll be in the free feed, so everybody enjoy that. And what's it about? Uh, uh, it's about um, Glen Ganges and the River at Night. Um, we're doing more like um, indie uh, <clears throat> aughts and teens uh comics uh that I never heard of. Rick turned me on to. It's very good. It's it's just about like this one guy like failing to fall asleep for like six issues. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um kind of hard to explain, but I I think we get it across in the episode. Uh and then we'll be doing number 5 by Taiyu Matsumoto next, so look forward to that. <clears throat> nice. Uh I got nothing else. No, uh, that's it. We'll be back next week with those. Uh, we're going to try really hard to not miss weeks because we're steamrolling through the end of this show. We want to yeah, get Superman I'll be, so bad. I'll be fine taking like skip weeks again once we get to Superman, but I re- I just got to get through the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so until next time, Batman. Batman. Batman.